0: Episode three of High Performance Survival. Um, today, joined by Stuart Sandyman. great to see you, Stuart. Thank you so much for joining us. Lo- right off the back of a live Instagram session that you've just finished with a few hundred yeah. people as well. So it's pretty exciting. And uh, um, we'll get into that in a sec. So thank you for those of you who are joining. A couple more just joining in as we get started. Um, episode five of High Performance Survival. So when we all went into lockdown a few weeks ago, Um, I I started the idea that actually if we can all be amazing at surviving together and sort of, you know, making sure that we can support each other by sharing learning, sharing expertise, um, actually there'll be some really good um, development that we get from this uh, where we have the privileged position to do that. And, you know, if if we can, it's great to have the opportunity to do it. Uh, And we've had the chance to talk to some leaders. We've had the chance to talk to... Uh, people from different backgrounds around in in different sectors in the commercial world. Um, And Stuart and I were talking a couple of weeks ago as uh, we are fortunate enough to have the same PR company, uh, Luxury Communications. So we got in touch and started talking about the role that um, physical care and self-care has at the moment. And, And I thought, well, we need to get Stuart on here, get talking about what he does and what he's been doing for the last few years but actually it comes into its own now a little bit. So Stuart founded BreathPod how long ago? Uh,
1: must have founded BreathPod three years ago. Three Better years ago. Be, yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. So, so three years ago you founded BreathPod. So a little bit about BreathPod, Stuart, so that people who are with us get to sort of know a little bit about that, the background, what you were doing, um, and, and what BreathPod is all about. At the moment.
1: Yeah, well, thanks. Firstly, thank you for inviting me on today. Yeah. It's such a pleasure to be here and... and be part of this this high performance survival group and webinars um, so yeah i 'm sure I' founded breath pod, which is uh, a company that uses breathing as, as a tool um, to make positive transformation so talking about high performance using using breath to change the way we feel think, act, operate, perform, perceive um, in a number of different ways so that's ultimately what we do. So I work with everything from peak performing athletes, elite athletes, Olympic athletes, um, to, it's funny, to well stressed out city workers, to um, you name it, I'm trying to work with them. It's funny, I think we spoke before, so you asked me what my, the niche is. Or, yeah. or, or, or what? And it's funny because the niche is just humans. Everyone's breathing. And I think we can all get benefit from understanding how we're breathing and how that affects both the way we feel, but the kind of biology, the physiology of, of um, how we're operating. So that's ultimately what I do. It's, it's the last thing I thought I would be doing, to be honest, is setting up this business and teaching people to breathe properly or differently. Um, before that, I was working in music. I was a DJ producer traveling the world. Right. Um, before that, I worked in finance. And then before that, which they all kind of tie into one, um, now, but before that, I was in this kind of high performance space because I was, um, I left school to be a professional judo player. Okay. So that, that definitely kind of instilled from about four years old, being on a judo mat uh, and competing internationally. That's what kind of did this performance element. And then through injury, I kind of took a few different directions initially yeah. into, into finance and then off and um, when I, a hobby of mine, which is music, kind of all kicked off. I signed some record deals and waved bye-bye to the corporate job and and started um, doing the music. The shift, uh, you're probably thinking, those listening, well, how, why do I teach breathing now? Yeah, <laughs> And the shift into the work that I do now was through my own kind of personal experience, quite a tough time, was actually through um, my girlfriend at the time being diagnosed with terminal cancer. So it was through her diagnosis and then this, journey that we embarked on on with albeit looking at cancer mm-hmm. and i think that that judo player jumped out how do we beat this thing yeah. um and looked at everything everything kind of conventional methods of treatment all the alternatives uh, everything from consultants to healers to shamans um, kind of through the kitchen sink at it i think what you do when you're faced with a scenario and and sadly she didn't make it she passed away and through that whole time, I didn't find breath work or breathing mm-hmm. as, a, as a tool or a modality. There was definitely elements of it, yogas and meditations and, and understanding that, but not really, well, what is the breath doing and how does that respond to our physical, mental, emotional health? Yeah. Um, and it, so, so that all came about afterwards. When she passed away, I moved to Scotland, where I'm from, and um, I took my mum for Mother's Day to a breathing workshop. And it kind of was that aha moment, the, okay. the kind of a light bulb was turned on. I thought, wow, there's something here. I had a very powerful, uh, profound experience and went from there on, on a hunt of breathing and, and how breathing can really be used for everything. Like you said, this high performance, peak performance. Where yeah, we're looking yeah. at athletes breathing better or, or the body responding differently. Um, right the way down to yes, yeah, somebody that's going through grief, like I was experiencing. Yeah. How can we use the breath to to release that pent up tension, that trauma? trauma. The, yeah. The, um, yeah. So that's that's how I kind of operate. I kind of work with breathing for performance, breathing to feeling, and, and breathing to breathe to achieve yeah. Um, yeah. as well. And, and then there's deeper transformational, this kind of space into more therapeutic aspects of using the breath to release trauma, like you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, interesting. And just, just out of interest with, you know, obviously judo we kind of associate martial arts and, you know, we kind of think about some of the sort of Eastern philosophies. Did did did, did any of your judo practice ever bring in any of the kind of brain body connection in that way with breathing or or was it, was it not included? Um, yes and
1: no. I think the whole practice that like you said of martial arts—I mean, it, there's a lot of respect, especially judo. Yeah. I mean, judo translates as the gentle way. Yeah, it's is yeah. direct translation, and it's about you bow, you you all right at the beginning, and you, there's a lot of respect um, and mindfulness practice that happens yeah. Yeah. as as a pillar. Without it, actually saying sit down and be mindful. Yeah, we never particularly looked at breath um, per se, except when I was. Um, sort of on, on this elite training program and it's funny because I recently did some work for the same program but now with breathing
2: okay.
1: and my coach used to get us to hold our breath and do what we call Ichikomi which is yeah. a bit like shadow boxing and we all just thought he was mad and I don't think he really knew why he was doing it but well, the reason he was doing it was because the Korean national team did it. Right. Like, they're doing it, their squad is really solid. Let's just do it. We don't know what it is. And it's funny because I I, I did some work with the British Judo team recently and he was there and I was chatting. He was like, You were kind of doing this stuff already when we were younger. He's like, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was copying the copying the, the Koreans. Um but now understanding even what the Korean team were doing and the Japanese teams were doing, they were using breath, they're using hypoxic training in yeah. particular to make positive transformations and make their body respond um a little bit differently so that they could have um a slight advantage in, in terms of the respiratory capacity
0: yeah okay no it's it's, it's really interesting yeah i sort of working in the elite sports space as well sort of looking at stuff related to breathing but then coming across the concept of ferocious equanimity um okay. that ability to actually sort of have total equanimity but then be able to kind of go into a combat situation with you know, a yeah. clear head but absolutely sort of you know Ferocious bodies. So, you know, interesting that you kind of paint that picture of, of the gentle way, even yeah. though there's a lot of, you know activity
1: in there. So That was And th- I was just going to say, and I, th- I think that's quite uh, interesting thing that comes up a lot with me with with breathing, because there's an aspect of controlling our breath. I mm-hmm. could hold my breath. I could breathe in all these different ways. It's very controlled and it's very structured, and it's like that solid bit. And which is great to have that control throughout our different experiences that we have in our life. But then there's an aspect of letting go of control of our breath, which is this right. other bit, which is the therapeutic side. And I often give that analogy of kind of Bruce Lee being very fluid, and, but it could be super strong at any point. And the breath falls into that. We can have this very fluid open breath, which is lovely, but then we can use our breath to bring absolute control when we need it.
0: Yeah yeah absolutely and that that would be really interesting to explore some of that in terms of applications to now as well and how the environment might be sort of influencing people but before before we entered lockdown which i think i can remember um what 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 where was where had BreathPod taken you what were you involved in what was some of the stuff that you were aiming to do and kind of what was the path you were on at that, at that, at that? yeah
1: it's funny, before lockdown, I mean, I was kind of doing the same as what I'm doing in lockdown, okay. Okay. but I was out in the field. So, if, if that makes sense, not out in a field, but out yeah. there working away. Uh, at the immediate point of lockdown, I just finished, uh, I'd been very fortunate to be on tour with Louis Capaldi, actually. Okay. Cool. Um, he, had a char- he's got, he launched a new charity for um, helping um, anxious fans uh, with some tools. So, I was running breath. Sort of short breath techniques classes um, at his concerts for um, people to help with sort of social anxiety, with crowd anxiety, etc. So that's what I was immediately doing um, before isolation. But in terms of sort of the greater picture, yeah, working in a number of different ways, like I said, doing a lot of corporate work. Mm-hmm. So working with um, teams and business leaders to often. They're looking to access a state of flow. So really working okay. in this, this yeah. a- accessing a state of flow, but then either side of that, you've got the kind of stress, fatigue, um, yeah. and needing the energy level. So, so working in that space, again, as a breath um, consultant, or looking at how we can use our breath in these situations. So working um, with businesses, working um, at regular classes in London, in central mm-hmm. London, um, where I was doing that. I had a one-to-one clinic practice as well. Which was this deeper kind of therapeutic stuff, and yeah. then also um, uh, this sort of elite sports uh, program as well. Yeah, so, kind of a range, a range of different with, things.
0: Yeah, with the with the corporate stuff, you know, um, do you, were you seeing that being translated into meetings, or so, you know, was it part? Does it become part of a routine for people? Is it is it something that sort of fits into the working day for them?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So. um, Some clients will have me come in, um, regular clients, and actually run a session before a creative meeting. Okay, cool. To get everybody, um, get everybody kind of energetically in sync. And I know that sounds a little bit woo-woo, but
2: um,
1: getting there's a lot of research behind accessing flow state, heart rate variability, matching that in a group, and finding coherence so that they all start working together as a unit in flow. Yeah. So harnessing that in sort of the creative space. Um, working in this, um, doing sort of larger workshops, seminars, these kind of things on how we can use my sort of off-the-shelf corporate workshop with Breath Means Business. So how we can use breath as this tool, and and the crux of that is understanding how we breathe and knowing that we have conscious control of how we breathe. And if it's the breath, rhythm rate and depth at which you breathe, that's triggering your body and brain to respond, and we can control it, then it's really instilling that well we've got power to change this our state we can start hacking our own system to make our brain and body work and operate the way we want so in in the kind of layman's terms using using the breath like a like a double espresso if we need to or using the breath as a as a tranquilizer if if we need to
0: yeah yeah no that that makes absolute sense you know there's there's, there's some stuff on the performance room where I've kind of, one of the performance fixes I sort of focus on, have you got a triathlete mindset at work, as in, do you work on your transitions between, yeah. between event, you know, meetings? You know, because the triathletes obsess about the transition almost as much as they do about the other stuff. But it strikes me that the kind of transition between events at work as well and the how do I want to breathe and, or how do I want to mm. take control of my state as I move from one thing into another – already myself well it feels like it it would have a perfect fit in there too
1: yeah that's very aligned with um very aligned with i don't call it that but i i just say seizing the moments yeah. a lot of people say oh, i'm too busy i'm too busy to breathe because they think breathing they think meditation i need to sit there i need to close my eyes and yeah i mean that's definitely one way of doing it but the nice thing about breathing is i mean you can go into stealth mode i often say if you've got to walk from one room to the other room to go to a different meeting or from your desk to a meeting, that's a perfect opportunity
2: yeah.
1: to regulate your breathing pattern so that you, when you walk in the door of the meeting, you've balanced your autonomic nervous system and you're feeling in a good place. Like you seize that transition, like you said, so that yeah. you're at an optimal state to deliver in that moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just, I, just, I just just, had an image in my mind of the uh, winter sports, of biathlon where the guy, you know, guys and girls are doing this sort of cross-country skiing then they have to get their rifle, lay down and take five shots at the target. So they absolutely have to get themselves physiologically under control in an incredibly short space of time. Yeah. The fine motor skill of aiming and shooting because they get penalised if they don't hit the target. So they have to do so it's just that that ability to kind of gain control so quickly. If they can do it from nearly max effort, I reckon we can probably do it from meeting to meeting where we haven't been quite exerting ourselves that much as well so, uh, yeah I and mean,
1: i guess that the, the meeting to meeting now is just clicking the button in front of you i think with the, <laughs> the yeah, zooms.
0: yeah stand up for this meeting sit down for the next one and, and uh, yeah but I, I guess there's still opportunity within within this virtual world as well now that we're living in as well to kind of uh still keep checking in have, have you noticed that you have you sort of shifted your attention to any different kind of advice or different kind of has, has different stuff come up in the last four weeks that, you know, you haven't expected or anticipated? Um, nothing
1: that I didn't expect. I mean, there has been huge shifts in the, in the way that I operate, uh, like everybody, having to deliver online. And um, a big part of my, my one-to-one clinic is I actually, it's hands-on. I use acupressure and, and okay. body work
2: yeah. to help
1: through muscle contractions in the breathing um, mechanism to release so that that's had to go obviously because i'm on the screens but in terms of any any i think with any kind of global pandemic with all the news with everything that's going on i think everybody is in this heightened state of awareness stress there's a lot of change we're confined to our homes we're maybe spending more time with um flatmates or partners or loved ones or kids um So there's this change that can cause, cause a bit of upset. Uh, So I think there inevitably has been a lot of stress, fear, frustration, maybe a bit of anger, um, for people, which I didn't expect it because we didn't expect this all to happen so suddenly or, or so soon. But as soon as we were in it, I knew that this would be something that, um, would be coming up for people, the anxiety, the stress, the fatigue, um, the worry, um and and then also the the other flip side is is the um how do we so you've got this word survival but how, how do we optimize our immunity and how do we look at ways to give ourselves the best chance of survival through through this pandemic and again that is that is something obviously I'm biased I work with the breath a lot but the breath is something that was um through research we found that there's there's ways that we can manipulate our breathing to, to cause our body to respond differently, to, to work with the cytokines and ty- the proteins in the body to make these adapt- adaptations and make these changes, which um, actually have a benefit or a, a positive outcome when it comes to uh, immune response, right. and which is quite, quite an exciting and interesting space um, to work with.
0: Yeah, and, and that's through a regular practice that, that you do to kind of get to stimulate the immune system as a function of breathing? Yeah. In a particular
1: way. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a regular practice. But the, the funny thing is the wording that's, that always throws people because we're actually wanting to... The immune response is actually what makes us sick. So it's yes. the immune response that is, and we say, oh, this is going to height, it heighten my immune response. And it's actually the opposite. We're actually dampening the immune response by doing yeah, the breath work. Immunity. Yeah. But when I say that to people, I'm like, oh, we're, we're reducing the immune response. People, oh, no, no, I need the immune response. So it's a funny kind of play of words. Um, and, and how it's kind of working is, is they found through, through research that um, our, when, when, a, when a virus attacks a cell, the, the cell produces protein cytokines that to to heighten the immune response to fight off the infection, and it's, and it's that process that then we start feeling sick. We might feel shivers or the fever or the sore throat or the different changes. Now, the some breathwork practices can actually. It's, it sounds counterintuitive it increases adrenaline it actually make, moves us into a stress response but keeping our mind very relaxed
2: yeah
1: yeah deliberately and they've shown that it spikes just one cytokine that works differently from all the others a, a, a cytokine called interleukin 10. now interleukin 10 like i said it responds very differently from all the others and so interleukin 10 um reduces inflammation and reduces the response the immune response from all the others but because adrenaline is still firing, white blood count still high. Yeah. So it's, it's proven to be a very effective way. It's not been tested for COVID-19. This is new, new territory, of course. But um, from other, sort of, um, other illnesses or, or bacterias or um, endotoxins, these kind of things, it's been a very effective way to fight off the infection with very little symptoms. So it's, it's an interesting space to work in. Yeah. Um, it's uh, like I said, the COVID 19 coronavirus is a, is, a, is a new beast, um, yeah. so it's, it's not kind of gospel with this one, but but it's
0: yeah, well, we, we we keep using the you know the analogy which many people do about you know putting your own oxygen mask on first at the moment for helping other people, but it now, now it seems that you can actually sort of you know you can take care of your own sort of you know air intake, breathing intake, to kind of really take care of yourself, I guess. You know, it, it, it's, 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 have you got stuff on breathpod.me around that kind of particular practice for the... For the in um, I
1: actually, I, I haven't. Um, I didn't put loads of stuff online yet. I think like all of us, it was kind of, oh, okay. Yeah. And then before we thought, right, okay, I need to get stuff ready. And then it was like lockdown. You can't use a camera team. You've got to do it all yourself. So I've I've not got the stuff on the website, but I am delivering um, like I did just before the session. Yeah. Some live sessions on my Instagram, cool. and um, once a week on Zoom as well on a Wednesday Wednesday night is a fuller session. Instagram's only an hour just because of the the nature of the lives, um, but the the Zoom session is um, an hour and a half. Cool. So I kind of cover some of the stuff. I come uh, we go through a practice. It's kind of a, a practice that. Is kind of steps into that esoteric space a little bit mm-hmm. um, in terms of some of the wording that I use. So it's kind of bridging this gap from the performance element of what's happening, the immune response, the changes in what's happening, but also stepping into this mental, emotional space because there's a very big release. Yeah. And then there's this kind of mystical part that happens too, um, which people are finding quite uh, effective and quite cathartic
2: as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I was interested as well when you said, you know, you're doing the breathing practice, but the brain is, the mind is staying very relaxed. Yeah. That feels like a a really important part of the practice that I guess it, you know, it's showing the importance of the brain-body connection rather than what we normally do, separate them as separate entities. Yeah. They're they're kind of, you know, essential to get working in collaboration, aren't they?
1: Absolutely. And I think um, sometimes the, the mind, well, because the mind and breath are intricately linked yeah. We're, we're the brain is just firing breath patterns depending on the stimulus it picks up from our surroundings through our senses or internally via our thoughts.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. So
1: um, if the thoughts are are all over the place and that's a lot of us at the moment with all the news and checking in with family and what's going on, what does the next day bring? What's the number count? It's all quite um, quite news heavy, quite head heavy, and this can create tension in our breath, create this this punching this kind of safety mechanism. So our breath starts to restrict. So it's it's quite interesting whether we can start to learn, like you said, to to be in stressful situations but keep the mind very calm and relaxed. Because then that, when we're looking at high performance or looking at being in the workplace when it's a stressful environment, can I keep my cool even though the, the excuse the language, the shit is at the fan yeah.
2: uh, yeah.
1: instead of then just going straight into the um, Primal kind of fight or flight response which the body will respond but we can actually separate the body with the mind which is quite a powerful way to to operate
0: yeah yeah and 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 i guess at the moment uh, it's it's important that you know maybe maybe people extend a little bit more self-compassion to to realize that you know i probably am reacting in a way that i might not be picking up and you know it's probably useful Mm. to assume that actually I might need to do a little bit more of stuff that I wouldn't normally do in order to sort of, you know, just, just take care to relieve some of that stress that might be adding up or sort of, you know, starting to have an impact.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I often just think of it as a bag of bricks. Right. And right, <laughs> bag of bricks for lugging around, and that can be the immediate bag or it can be stuff from our past as well. Right. And if it gets too much, the bag starts to overflow. So I think it's it's very important that we use... Um, or find ways to kind of empty that bag, and a yep. lot of people find that in all sorts of ways: sports, cooking, reading, relaxation, meditation, breath work. Um, but in my experience of of using the breath, it seems to be quite a potent way to to drop that very quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I was I was interested when you are talking about you know normally when you can do the hands on stuff, you're being able to kind of release sort of tensions that are building up within the breathing mechanism is, is, is would people notice that anywhere or, or is you know is, is there anything they can focus in on at the moment just to sort of give some insight into that mechanism and some of the stuff that might be being blocked or changing
1: yeah yeah no it's a great um question i mean the real obvious big blockage would be if we've created a lot of tension in our diaphragm right, okay. or our lower torso and we've just now just utilizing a chest breath Right. So if we're just breathing short and shallow in our chest, it could be habitual, but it could also be because of tension we've created in the diaphragm.
2: Okay. So
1: sometimes our work in there, and if we're just breathing in the chest, well, the, the nature of those muscles are shorter and shallower. You're yeah. going to be breathing faster. So we're going to be switching on our sympathetic more readily than somebody that's not. Yeah. So, so the reaction of that is, well, our blood flow is leaving our digestion, our reproductive organs. It thinks we're being chased by a tiger.
2: Yeah, yeah. We
1: feel more stressed. We feel more anxious. We feel more on edge. We are maybe a little bit more forgetful. We're not feeling grounded and feeling that full kind of safety in our own body or experience. Um, so Making sure the diaphragm is working and and operating is kind of my primary objective. That's the first thing I'll check in. A lot of people are breathing with the diaphragm, that's good. So then it's then, if we've got that diaphragm working, it's about looking into well, where is the breath flowing? Is it jagged? Is it really controlled? Um, Because we use our breath throughout our life as this safety mechanism to stop ourselves from feeling. Yeah. Then when I watch somebody breathe, it's almost like a blueprint of what's gone on for them in their past. Because the rhythm rate and depth at which we breathe changes through, um, obviously, what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But also, when we experience, this is kind of stepping into this trauma territory. And trauma sounds like a heavy word, but just let's just say experience. Yeah, significant um, so,
0: experience, isn't it? So, so Yeah,
1: significant experience. That's that. That's a good way to see it. I might steal that. Yeah. Significant experience. Um, we will hold our breath to stop feeling emotion as it comes up.
0: Yeah.
1: So if that is feeling really angry and you can't punch somebody in the face, you'll just create physical tension in your body to stop shouting and screaming. We hold it back. That's yeah. anger. It could be holding back fear. <gasps> we hold the breath. We tense our body we've created tension in our shoulders. It could be holding back tears. I mean, big boys don't cry, right? So we're at work and we're feeling upset. Oh no, hold the lip. Oh no, I've got it. It's okay. It's, I'm, everything's fine. I'm, I'm completely fine. And we use our breath hold to stop the tears flowing. Or it might be even, I've, I've given kind of heavy examples, but the good stuff too, laughter. Yeah. <laughs> I hold my breath to stop laughter flowing if I wasn't to laugh at that point in time.
2: Yeah. So you can,
1: you can see how our breath becomes the, the go-to mechanism to control in that moment of emotional transition. Yeah. So um, that creates tension in our body, and because the whole body is actually just energy, it's just um, vibration, at it's purest form, it's just atoms whizzing around,
2: yeah.
1: um, then we have these different densities, and where we store emotion in the body is just vibration in the present, Right. just vibrating at different densities on that spectrum. Our brain might say, oh, that was last week, or that was 10 years ago, or that was 20 years ago. But unless we've actually integrated the vibration on an energetic level, it just vibrates in that moment in the present. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, it's, hopefully this is making sense for people that are listening in. Um, it's sometimes stepping into that kind of quantum energetic field, which, which can be a bit, I know it was for me when I first started looking at this stuff. And, um, but what we can do with our breath is we can start using the breath as an energetic transference to create this shift from where we've held this tension and that tension becomes physical, like I said, because we've created the tension and the body thinks it's safe. I've got to keep my safety, keep that rigid and we don't let go. So it's really about this moment of release, and sometimes that can be a huge release. I mean, this this side of what I do is how I got into breathwork.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, like I said, I was going through grief, and I was finding very hard. I was very angry, or manifesting those feelings as anger at the world and and um, guilt towards myself, and, and these kind of things. And it was heavy. We even use that in our language. I felt heavy. Yeah, yeah. I felt like whew, I didn't want to leave my bed, and. When we start working to shift that, that heaviness, which is just because we've created this denser vibration on an energetic level, it lightens up and it's that bag of bricks again. We've dropped the bag. So yeah. all of a sudden we feel very energized. We feel light. We feel in tune. We feel kind of in flow. And we kind of start knowing where we're going now. So it's, it's a really interesting space to start working in and, and helping people learn, well, where is, kind of back to your question, where is the tension in my body? Yeah. I've noticed it. There's a, you can always tell when there's that niggle of tension as opposed to an injury from sport or something. Okay. If I've done some exercise, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've injured my shoulder. I've pulled it too hard or, or whatever. But sometimes we might just have that, oh, I just don't feel quite right in that space. And we can see that very well in the breath. And yeah. so let, I usually say to people that the, the most effective tool in breathing and people get annoyed when I say this is the best tool because it's a bit like Mr. Miyagi saying, go and paint the vents yeah. It's just awareness. Once you have awareness of how you're breathing, then you, you have this snapshot of well, how is my brain operating to my either current reality or my internal reality.
2: Yeah.
1: And that internal reality is down to belief systems on different experiences that we've had. So to bring this back into kind of layman's terms, um, if I went in a lift today, got in the elevator to go downstairs and I got trapped in the lift for three hours, I'd come out of that lift and I'd probably the next day not get in the lift yeah. because I've had this experience and now I've created a belief that lift is not safe to go into sure. because I got trapped in that, for three. rightfully so. Yeah. I'm not going to go in the lift. So that's a felt experience. So my, my course of life changes but also we create tension around that. Oh yeah, I don't want to go on the lift because it creates tension in my body. That's a felt experience. We also have a learnt experience. Me turning around to my girlfriend, don't, don't go on the lift. No, 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 don't, don't, don't go on the lift. It's, it's broken, don't go in. I got trapped in it for three hours and she then takes the stairs. Yeah. So she's not had the feeling, but she's created the belief in her mind because somebody has told her. Yeah. So you can see, I mean, that's a very basic example. But you can see how life experience, either felt or learnt through school, parents, society, newscast, social media, yeah. um, where we're picking up this information from, will start to shape the way that our brain operates, which then shapes the way that we start to breathe in different scenarios.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so you know, so at the moment, if if awareness is important, and if you look at if you look at Gestalt theory, that you know, there's the classic line that awareness is curative. You know, yeah. For, for for many things, you know, and, and but at the moment, I guess for people to think about awareness of the breath first and foremost, and just kind of tuning into it with regularity, even without any practice of any sort, is is potentially useful for them. I guess you know, just to, you know, ah, oh, hugely a reminder just to tune into how's my breathing at the moment, how am I breathing?
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, I think on the on the basic level, when when I speak to skeptics. I say, w- if you were doing a task 20,000 times a day, would you want to know how to do it? <laughs> and they go, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely we want to know how I'm doing it. And we're breathing that many times. So figuring out how you're breathing is probably the most important thing you can do with yourself. And then understanding, well, I noticed that that scenario I was breathing very differently before on my run. Yes. That's, a, that's a sports scenario. Or noticing that before... Um, Doing a business call, I felt like my chest got quite tight and I felt a bit nervous or something like that. We can start to map. Oh, I'm noticing different scenarios. Is that scenario of breath conducive to my environment? Yeah. And once we start understanding that, then we can start making these changes and, and then getting into the exciting stuff of, of speeding the breath up, slowing it down, opening it up in different spaces.
0: Yeah. But Choose, I think back the pattern, yeah, I guess choosing the pattern yeah. at the right time.
1: Yeah, and, and I think just back to your, your question, even without knowing anything about breath, stopping and bringing awareness to your breath is a really safe place for our mind to go.
0: Right, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: because when we, I mean, meditation, mindfulness, all these things talk about the um, present moment awareness, being fully present,
2: yeah. yeah. which
1: a lot of people say, oh, I feel like I am present. What is presence? And by stopping and Um, Having awareness of your breath forces you to be very present because the nature of breathing is now. You're not breathing in the past and you're not breathing in the future. I mean, yes, you will be, but you get what I mean. If you stop and listen to your breath, then that takes that awareness that may be scattered in thoughts of the past or thoughts of the future right into the present moment. So you can find just by doing that, we start exercising um, focus and awareness and, and yeah. presence which has a knock-on effect even without even knowing how we're breathing.
0: Yeah well, and, and interestingly you know if, if, if I marry that with you know the threat and challenge state theory which is, you know quite nicely says we'll, we'll flip into a challenge state if we feel in control we feel confident and we're curious about what might happen compared to a threat state that if we feel a bit out of control lacking confidence and focused on something that we must deliver. Yeah, so if we've got the I love that we've got the brain bit going there and the body's also in on the game as well, I'm breathing in control and I'm confident I'm breathing in the right way, and I'm curious as to how well I can keep this breathing pattern going as I step into this scenario. Instantly we've got stress immunity to the situation rather than kind of you know medical immunity, which is going on as well. So it's really kind of nice kind of you know, we can go from brain into body and body up to brain and get the two really working in a complementary manner, which is kind of you know for for all of us now just sort of thinking there's you know just practice opportunities to tune into thinking and breathing and kind of go what's the complementary yeah. between as well.
1: Absolutely, no, I, I love that. That's, that's, that sounds amazing. That's well, exactly it's,
0: right. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's, it fits in with the vagus nerve stuff as well. Whereby mm. we, if we you know if we are in a in a challenge state the physiology shows that heart rate increases, but cardiovascular total peripheral resistance decreases. So everything opens up ready for the blood to be delivered more efficiently to the organs yeah. that we work in threat state heart rate goes up and everything constricts. So yeah. you know, we've got, we've got this nice relationship around breath and body brain and body and everything kind of tied very neatly in, and, you know, not- and, well,
1: and that's what I think is so powerful about the breath is—is it's is, is kind of like the, the key mm. to unlock the door of this the nervous the autonomic nervous system that yeah. then has, a, has an effect on everything else.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's 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 for me is once we understand this and once we understand these different triggers, then we can start manipulating our system to work the way we we want it to work, yeah. and start retraining. The brain breath connection and the breath brain connection, like you said.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, um, I know we could talk for the whole afternoon, but we better not, <laughs> we've got things to do and other people have as well. But I'm, I'm just curious in terms of following this conversation, in so terms of what you've been experiencing in the last few weeks, you know, what, what's your thoughts about hopes for you over the next few weeks, value you want to add? What, what's some of the plan for you and the sort of the, the passion that you've got for this and how you're going to keep looking to help people and help yourself through the next?
1: What yeah see? well it's what's been really amazing um through all of this is like you said people logging on to sessions from all over the world and i've definitely yeah. seen that through my my channels um and that has been just really inspiring mm-hmm. really inspiring to be able to have that global reach pretty much overnight a, a bit of a shift and people that have maybe followed me from um, through social media these things but never been able to come to a class
2: yeah and yeah. i'd
1: always done them in person or i've done them in different areas because i i uh, i always use the kind of acupressure, even in a group I'll, I'll have teams going around helping people in that way so i never thought really to deliver online i did do some of the, the sports stuff that i do that's different online with clients yeah. um and and coaching clients online on, on zoom but not these bigger workshops so it's it, that's been a really uh nice step albeit it was, it was funny at, at first it felt maybe you were the same doing these zooms yeah. done hundreds of workshops before but as soon as I was kind of live to the world I was like oh wow okay this is a little bit scary yeah. um but now I feel very much in the flow with it and and it's just been amazing to see that shift so continuing just continuing to kind of roll through that and and taking some time to to work on some projects that I was a bit of a mad hatter before this all happened. Mm-hmm. I was doing a, a bit of a yes man, saying yes to um, working with lots of different amazing people and charities and, and just wanting to share, share, and give and give as much as I could. Um, but this has allowed me to kind of slow down and retreat and say, well, actually, well, what does the rest of this year look like? And what do I, I mean, the way I'm kind of seeing it. Uh, is is using this year now to set up for next year, right, exactly. um, because it's going to be a, a going to take some time for us to to find our feet after this. It'll be a bit of a staggering process. So that's kind of using that survival uh, performance yeah. element of well, well, what does this year look like, and can we get everything really underway for a, a, a great year next year as well? So that's kind of what I've been doing internally, sort of with the team. How can we? um, What do I really want? What do I really want from this? Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because even yesterday they had the announcement in the UK anyway that we've obviously got another three weeks of isolation, and I was quite happy about that to be honest. I thought, right, if they said, right, we're back to normal, I would have thought, oh, I've not quite finished what I need to do yet. Yeah. Um, And and that's so. There's a there's a few things because it's a funny time. I think there's there's this balance between us. I think when isolation happened, a lot of us and a lot of people jump online and say, yes, I'm going to learn a language, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, me included. And then I was like, whoa, I don't have time to do any of that. I just want to sit and and it's quite overwhelming what's going on. So can I create more space? Can I enjoy cooking at home? Can I enjoy um, these um, amazing opportunities to connect with different people online and do different classes and learn more and, and take a bit of space and time? So yeah, I think that's what's in store for me at the moment and, and just working on, on delivering more online and, and then when we do come out of this, I'll kind of, kind of be back on uh, doing, I'm doing a lot of corporate stuff now as well, which um, I was doing obviously, but, but a lot online, which is reaching these larger groups because businesses can open up instead of the London office, they can open up elsewhere. So yeah, there's, there's lots, lots happening and, and I'm just going to roll with it.
0: Cool. And, and, and where can people find you? What's the best way for them to find you and sort of keep following?
1: Yeah, the, the best way, the website is breathpod.me. Mm-hmm. And that kind of lists a lot of the stuff that I'm doing. And I'm probably out, out of platforms or social platforms. I'm most active on my Instagram account. Cool. Um, so that's at breathpod. So if you head to that breathpod um, Instagram account, you'll find um, a list of my online sessions that are available and i post kind of every couple of days different content on there around breathing and in different shapes and forms
2: yeah
0: cool sounds, sounds great well uh, i'd certainly encourage everyone who's sort of here live and watching the recording as well to to get in and follow as well um, uh, we, we could carry on uh keep keeping talking uh and I'd, and I'd love to but uh, i know we've got other things that we need to go and do as well so, <laughs> um uh we will be uh making this recording available um, real great thanks to you Stuart for your passion, expertise, enthusiasm about all of this and and you know, really bringing to life some of the practicality of all of this um, for the audience we've got um, another episode next week uh, Simon uh, from Ship Owners uh, the CEO there as well so we'll be going back into a corporate space next week as well to focus on um, that work of Simon one of, one of our customers at Ship Owners but we'll be talking to him about sort of his leadership role as a CEO of a big insurance organization, and getting some of the learning about uh, from him uh, and and the last few weeks, and then also thinking about uh, his personal leadership journey as well within there as well. So very much looking forward to that next step. That concludes everything for today. Huge thanks to you. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank you. Uh, Twelve fifteen again next week, so we'll look forward to that. And uh, thanks very much to the people who are saying thank you and. Uh, We'll look forward to seeing you all again on the next episode as well. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and have a a great weekend and stay safe, everyone.
2: Yeah, thank you. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, everybody. Bye.